Hello and welcome to the Abundantly Successful Show, the show for conscious entrepreneurs who have the deep desire to turn their passion into a successful and thriving business, all will make a huge impact in your world. I'm your host, Kay Sanders, also known as the creator of possibilities. And our topic today, our interview today is going to be an amazing topic. It's going to be about email marketing and how you can really skyrocket your sales with daily emails. And our guest expert today is Mark Mohaney. He is also known as the Coach's Coach, and I've already had the pleasure to interview him a couple of times, so without further do let me introduce you to Mark. Hello, Mark. Great to have Hi, you. Okay. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes. I mean, I think it's been like, what, the third time that I've been interviewing you? <laughs> so yeah, I know. We, <laughs> we keep I, running I talk into to each more, other. I talk to you more than some family members, too. <laughs> well, that's good. Oh, I, that makes me feel totally, totally special right now. <laughs> <laughs> Now, before we go into the topic, though, because, I mean, I definitely think, you know, email marketing is a great topic to talk about. But before we do a dive into that, why don't you share with us a little bit, like, who you are, what you do, and most my most favorite questions, like, why you do what you do? Yeah, so, I mean, in a nutshell, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm a business coach, and I'm specifically helping other coaches. So, I've been doing it since early 2014. And my big thing is helping them get more clients without paid ads, because, of course, there's lots of people saying, hey, dump money into Facebook ads and into Google and other things. But that's what I'm doing with coaches. It's organic, showing them how to grow their businesses without dumping a bunch of money into ads. And why do I do what I do? The easiest answer would be um, there's a fellow named Sam Phillips, and he was the guy who discovered Elvis Presley. He was with Sun Records down in Memphis, Tennessee. And he saw something in Elvis that no one else really saw. Elvis had a funny name. He had acne. He had a funny haircut. <laughs> he went, nobody would have pegged him to be the future king of rock and roll. They didn't even know what rock and roll was, I guess, then. Anyways, uh, Sam Phillips gave this kid a chance, and look what ended up happening. So I always say I want to be the Sam Phillips of the coaching industry. I want to help coaches who could make a really big impact, but they just need help getting rolling and getting started. And for me, that's exciting because there's a really big ripple effect. If I help Joe become a coach or Mary become a coach and they help thousands of people, that's quite an impact if I'm doing that work with a bunch of different coaches like Joe and Mary, for example. So mm -hmm. that's why in a nutshell, why I do what I do. I love it. And I mean, like you said, I mean, there's so many people out there, so many coaches and so many entrepreneurs who really have a passion. I mean, that's also why I created the show because oftentimes it's really, you know, if you can just give one nugget or make one impact with one person, you know, that has that ripple effect. So I, I totally, you know, get what you're saying. Mm. But now today, I mean, our topic is, you know, about email marketing. I get it. Like so many people say, you know, email is dead and email is not working. And what, I got to email my list every day or, you know, multiple times a day. So why don't we just start out with like, you know, why is email marketing really so important and you know what are really the benefits of emailing your list well i'll give you a, an example from my own personal business i started doing daily emails in april of 2016 prior to that for two years roughly of having an email list i got nothing from my email list because i was emailing it sporadically once a week once every two weeks two times every three weeks it was just inconsistent and it got to a point where I was ready to get rid of my AWeber account. I thought, this is stupid. I'm getting my results more from social media and stuff. I'm just going to kill my email. And uh, I had a guest on my podcast who is really big on a big advocate on daily emails. It's Ben Settle. And Ben's great. Uh, but Ben 
was talking to me about daily emails and essentially challenged me, we'll give it a try. And I thought, well, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I'm getting nothing from my email list. Now I'm going to kill it. I'll give it a try. I enjoy writing. I enjoy creating content. So I did two things in April, 2016. I committed that I was going to start emailing daily. And I also said, I'm going to take my filter off and I'm going to talk to people normal. I'm not going to, you know, a lot of people get stuck in internet marketing type mm-hmm. speak. It's the same babble, same verbiage and everything. I said, I'm just going to talk as if we're just like this, t- sitting down in front of each other. Those two things, a daily email plus the extreme candor, uh, it totally changed my results with email to the point now where email is one of my main revenue drivers. And here we are a couple of years later, I've, I have never missed a day and I am a huge advocate of daily emails. So that's from my own personal situation. I've seen how it works. And then I've convinced clients of mine to start doing it as well. And they've become hooked once they see it usually takes, you know, 30 days to start seeing that the traction come in, but then they're, uh, they're on the daily email train as well. Now, I mean, don't you, didn't you have a little, little, you know, weren't you a little worried that what if I email my, my list, like from now, like first I didn't email them basically at all. And now all of a sudden I email them daily. Weren't you a little worried that you're going to lose them or they, they going to, you know, be mad at you for emailing them or, you know, did you, did you have any like mindset traps on that one? Yeah, I was watching myself. I was afraid I was going to get a rock to the head or, or something like that or get shot. No, I think that's a natural feeling for anybody who's going from going to daily emails because they, and I've heard, I actually heard this just in the last few weeks, a number of times in my Facebook group, people, when I talk with daily emails, people essentially saying, Ooh, I would unsubscribe if someone emailed me daily. That That's annoying and stuff like that. And that's fine. You have to have a sense of detachment and also tell yourself that, Hey, when I start this, I'm going to lose a lot of people because they're not used to hearing from K every day on that. All of a sudden they're seeing K in their mailbox all the time. It seems like a lot that's fine. You want to chase those people away. Chances are they've never bought anything from you and never will anyways. So I would rather have a smaller, tighter list, better relationship with that list than a bunch of people that aren't, there's no relationship there anyways. Uh, Ben Settle puts it really well. He says, most people treat their email list like booty calls. They only email their list when they (laughs) like the Sunday morning at 2 a.m. when you're texting that girl you met at the bar a few months ago. That, that's what, how most people treat their email lists. And that's not a good way to do it either. Mm-hmm. So I, I should mention the other important thing with these emails is you can't just email them and sound like the home shopping network. But I sell in every email. There's a call to action, which I think is important. But the difference and the reason it works for me is my emails, I like to think, are entertaining. They're still helping people. They're giving them a lesson. And then it's a, it's a very soft, it's a soft sell. I'll tell whatever I have to tell. And I'll say, by the way, I go over this in greater detail in my blank program. Go here for more info or check it out here. And I give the link. It doesn't, like I said, it doesn't sound like the home shopping network with everything. So I think it's really important to have a call to action in every email as you're doing this daily thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've been getting your daily emails for yeah forever now too, and I mean that's one of the things that I've found very valuable is that you still provide value and then lead into into the offer. I think, and I mean, I've been on I've been on so many different people's emails, and oftentimes I do get those those really hard sales like you know buy this and do this. I'm like really. You know, and oftentimes I don't even open those emails no more because I don't want to be sold to. So yeah. you, 
so I mean, you, you think that if you really focus more on providing value and make a soft sale at the end, so that's a, that's a good mix for sending them emails? Yeah, I think you have to follow uh, the author, Josh Burnoff has what he calls the iron imperative for writing. Now this applies to emails, I think just as much as anything else, his iron imperative is you treat the reader's time as more valuable than your own. So put yourself in their shoes and ask, would I want to be opening this? Now I'm not suggesting that you do heavy teaching in those emails. That's a mistake, by the way. My emails are entertaining. They give a nugget, they help people, but it's not hard teaching. People have to invest in my programs, my coaching to get that good stuff. The mistake a lot of people make is they think I have to give them absolutely everything for free, all the good stuff. And ironically, that can hurt your sales rather than help them because people are thinking, well, I'm getting enough here, so I'm not going to buy K's whatever program. Uh, one tip that I find helps, especially in the early days, is if your email platform has an automatic message that it it, when someone unsubscribes, like take AWeber, for example, if you don't change its pre-settings, I used to get these emails where it would say Joe Smith is unsubscribed and then there's a chance for them to give feedback and they would say, I hate your guts, stop emailing me so much, no, whatever. Uh, my suggestion is to disable that feature so you're not getting an email every time someone unsubscribes because that's going to play head games with you. So when I log on to my AWeber, I could see, oh, this many people subscribed today, this many unsubscribed, but I'm not seeing, for example, if I would see Kay Sanders, I think, oh, gee, why did Kay unsubscribe? Did I put something in this email to piss her off? And then uh, I, it just messed with my head. So I recommend that you turn that off. Don't give another thought. Actually celebrate your unsubscribes. It's giving room for someone who's a better fit for you to move yeah. in there. Yeah, because I mean, the more your email list grows, the more you actually have to invest in the services. So you really want to keep them to just those people that actually want your stuff rather than just having a big email list, right? Yeah, well, if nobody's unsubscribing, that's telling me you're playing it too safe with your content. So if you're getting out there and you're taking the filter off, like I mentioned I did, you should be getting unsubscribes. If not, you're playing in that mushy middle where you're trying not to offend people. I've had people unsubscribe for the strangest reasons, things I don't even think are um, offending emails. So good example, this was a few years ago. I sent an email around talking about coaches who never pay for help. They just go from free call to free call to free call to try to cobble together enough advice to build their business. And I equated it with the people before the Wright brothers achieved flight that were, um, they were building these flying contraptions that look like they're kept together with bubble gum and tape. You ever see it, the crazy wings and stuff that would always crash to the ground and probably killed a whole bunch of people. I equated it to that. I said, if you're trying to build your coaching business by never paying and just cobbling together some free advice from all over the place, that's what you're doing. It's like those flying contraptions and she sent me this email like I was Hitler. You know, this was so offensive and all this stuff. This, I'm uns I unsubscribed from you and, and this is why. If I was trying to offend someone, I could do much better than a flying contraption email, by the way. But uh, I don't want that person on my list because she's telling me that she's not willing to pay five cents to get help with it so she can go waste somebody else's time. Just, you know, no hard feelings. I didn't lose a sleep over it, but... She wasn't my ideal client. So you should be putting emails out there that chase away the people you don't want to work with. 
Yeah, you know, I, you know, I love it. I mean, initially I was the same way, like, you know, at first, like whenever someone, someone unsubscribed, like, why did they leave me? What did I do? Mm. But then I really realized, and I mean, following you long enough, you know, seeing like, you know, what you've been doing, I really realized that, you know what, I really don't want those people. I will, I don't want people that are just going to get my free stuff and never want to in, actually invest in actually working with me. And I'd rather chase those people away with the content that I release, even now with, you know, with the spiritual side, you know, I know I've been getting a lot of unsubscribed mainly just because my whole approach shifted as well. And I was actually happy about that because I rather have those who really want my stuff, who benefit from the stuff that I put out there than those who never open my emails or, you know, just watch the stuff and not, not do anything with it. But, you know, early you said something I kind of want to touch on you like you, cause you said that you ha- you used to get all your business from Facebook and I know you're very active on Facebook. So if someone is really on Facebook, I mean, what would be the benefit from there for them actually saying, you know what, I am going to invest in, in emails, like s- sending emails and growing my email list and those type of things. Why would someone that's on Facebook primarily then go to email? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, what's really the benefit of actually, if you already have something on social media, let's yeah. say LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, you know, cause then they could say what well, everything on Facebook or LinkedIn is already working. Why should I go now also do email as well? Well, I mean, first, email is not for everyone. Let's say, for example, if you don't enjoy writing, the thought of especially doing daily emails and writing may not appeal to you, although there's ways around it. You can do, I think you do daily videos. So let's say if you didn't enjoy writing, you could send out the link to your daily email or daily video in in the email. Um, But why do it? The reason I like email is you have a direct you're right in their inbox there. So social media with Facebook, LinkedIn and stuff, they're so busy with everyone's news feeds, thousands of posts flying around. You can get lost in the shuffle. People are probably getting fewer emails than posts that they see on social media. And it's a very um, intimate, I say intimate, it sounds dirty. It's a very intimate thing being in their inbox. <laughs> Don't mean to go sexually here, but you know, you know what I mean? When you're in yeah. their inbox, mm-hmm. it, it's a little more, um, it, it's a little higher priority than one of the 5,000 friends I have on Facebook. And, but that being said, what I do is a lot of my emails go onto social media because I'm tr- getting them out there to people who may miss them and, and they go on my blog as well. So some people would say, well, why are you putting your emails on your blog? That's counterproductive because who's going to subscribe to your list. If you're putting on the blog, it helps with SEO. It helps with shareability Google likes it because you're updating your page, your blog all the time. So some people I've learned from highly recommended that. And I do, I've found that's been great. So every single email I do, it goes onto my blog as well. And if anyone wants to check out to see kind of the flavor of my emails, naturalbornpoaches.com slash blog is where they could see it. I'd say 95% of my blog posts are my daily emails. Some of them are interviews like this one. That's not my daily email, but most of them are. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like your daily email doesn't have to be like a huge email either. I mean, your emails are rather relatively short to, to digest as 200, well, right? 200, 300 words max usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one thing like you mentioned, like, you know, I mean, one thing that I realized is with the email is also you can nurture that list by building that relationship that way compared to Facebook. And I mean, I believe like, you know, with Facebook, LinkedIn, all these social media, I mean, what would happen if they would go away tomorrow? I mean, on my LinkedIn, I'm like, you know, as we're doing this interview, I have close to 14,000 connections. Well, what if LinkedIn tomorrow decides, hey, I don't want to be open no more. So they shut it down and all these connections I had on LinkedIn, they're gone. Yeah. 
you know. Or they ask you to, I don't know, is it Reed Hoffman? Was he the head of LinkedIn? I don't know if he's still there, mm-hmm. but um, if they, if he asks you to pay for post for posting, just for example, they want to monetize those posts. All of a sudden you may say, well, it doesn't make sense. I'm just using that as an example, but you're right. Your email list, you own it. So if Mark Zuckerberg wakes up tomorrow and says, I want to shut down Facebook and go live with Sherpas in the mountains or something, you're screwed. Uh, Your email, you, you control that definitely higher degree of control. I would say everyone should have an email list. I know that I don't usually like to generalize. Maybe it's 99% of people should have an email list, but if you're doing business online, I believe you should have an email list. And be actively uh, emailing it daily. doesn't do any good if you only do the booty call approach where it's every couple of weeks when you want something. It's got to be daily. Mm-hmm. Now, what if, you know, because I know like before I was like, you know, on weekends, I didn't want to do anything. So Sundays used to be my days where I didn't want to do anything. So if, if you say, you know, daily emails, can you also get away with just maybe emailing them a couple of t- times a week or maybe just from Monday to Friday or what's your input on that? Or like, why is it so important that it's daily emails? Well, I mean, Monday to Friday is better than nothing or better than doing it once a week. But when, when I say daily, I mean seven days a week because um, technically Monday to Friday is what, 72% of the week. People don't die or sleep the whole weekends. They're awake and a lot of them would need your help. So if you're going to do it, my recommendation is do it seven days a week with it for the extra two days. I highly recommend that. I, I think there's 365 days in a year. Daily means 365 emails at least. I, now there's some days I do multiple emails. So I'm probably sending, I don't know, 600 emails in the run because I have some days where I've at the end of a promotion or a deadline, like for my print newsletter at the end of every month, I might send out six emails on that final day. I can hear everyone saying, Oh my God, I would kill him if he did that to me, but it works. It increases sales significantly. And I mean, I believe, hey, you know, if you get an email, you don't want to open it. Guess what? There is just a delete button. You can just delete the emails, right? I mean, that's what I think, you know, that if you don't yeah, want to read someone's emails. Yeah. No, I'm not suggesting doing what's been happening to me lately. I'm getting put on all these lists I know that I never subscribed for. And I'm, you mentioned LinkedIn. That seems to be the big culprit where mm-hmm. people think, oh, I'm connected with, with Mark on LinkedIn. I'll throw them on my email list. That's a big no-no. I mean, right there, that's, I'm not suggesting you do that. You want people who actually opt into your list to do it. I think that's up there with dumping people into Facebook groups without their permission as the most annoying things online that people do. Don't do that. So I just had to unsubscribe to probably five lists in the last week mm-hmm. that I know for a fact I never subscribed to. It's really annoying. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, technically it's actually illegal to do that, you know, according to the whole spam law, which McCall and the whole policy that they just, you know, changed, you're actually not even allowed to do that. I mean, whenever I, someone dumps me on a list, I just go on there and I say, I had never signed up on yeah, the list because I then do. actually they get dinged as well. And you can actually get fined. If you have too many of those, you can actually get fined for that. So I'm like, you know what? I I don't care. I mean, I find that very unethical because, I mean, I'm very big on building relationships. And I hate being added to those lists as well. So I would never do that with anyone just because, you know, I have an email list. That doesn't mean that I'm just going to add them because – I believe in, you know, what we do in the service industry, you want to build relationships and by just dumping someone on your list, or like you mentioned, a Facebook group, that's just not, that's not very ethical. I already lost 
trust in that person or respect for that person who does that to you. So I don't even want to do business with them. Well, conferences go the same way. Some people get home and they have that whole batch of business cards that they collect at a conference and they just start dumping people on the list, which isn't good at all. Uh, People buy a list. I've had people reach out to me trying to sell me lists and I will never buy a list Mm -hmm. like that. I had a client of mine who in her past, like this was probably a year or two before we started working together, bought a list of 45,000 people or something. And uh, they, now all of a sudden she was emailing and she was getting very few people opening them. She was getting a lot of people upset and stuff. And I said, well, no wonder you just bought the list. It doesn't work like that where you buy a list and start emailing them. Better to build it from the ground up. It'll take longer, but that's a better way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's also, you know, I mean, your business is your face. And if you're doing something like that, that can actually hurt you more than do you any good. And like you said, you want people that actually like your stuff. They want to open up your stuff. uh, People scraping email addresses, they get their VAs or they, their software that will do it. will go on the internet and pull email addresses off of websites. I think it goes back to human nature. Humans by nature aren't patient people and uh, full disclosure I'm probably the least patient guy in the world but when it comes to when I have to be patient I know when I have to be patient so I'm I'm patient with the important stuff but uh, the humans don't want to actually take time to build something up they want and this is why you see these scammy uh, Facebook ads and stuff with the seven figure funnels in 30 days working five minutes a day if people weren't buying it they wouldn't be running them everyone wants a shortcut same with weight loss and everything else they just they don't want to work for it what the people i'm trying to pull to me and are the people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and grind it out and um, do the work put the work into it i try to chase away the get rich quick people the impatient people they can work with someone else i don't want to work with them I mean, everything that is going to be good takes time to develop. I mean, I don't think there's any quick fix. I mean, I'm very impatient too, but when it comes to, and especially when it comes to our business, I mean, it's our good name. It does take time. I mean, how long have you been in business now? Uh, you started when was like 2000? Well, coaching early 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, my past life in real estate, I started when I was 21 years old and I did it for about a decade. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful for that experience for 10 years in real estate because same thing. I had to build it from the ground up. I was a kid with no money, no connections in my market or very few. And I built it up. It took a few years, but then it got rolling. So when I started coaching, I told myself, this is probably going to be the same as real estate was the first six months. And we working my tail off, not going to see tons of results, but then it's going to come in. It's like you're priming the pump. So I had that advantage that some people don't have is that I've, toiled away and and worked for probably the equivalent of um, third world wages in my early days of real estate and and then got it going. So it didn't really um, upset me too much with coaching. I knew it would happen. I was priming the pump. I knew eventually it would, it would come, but it would take some work. And I mean, I think I've came across you. I found you like what in 2015 when I started my business. Like, I think I found you through your through your podcast. And I'm like, you know, I've been seeing like you've been really consistent with everything that you've been doing, like with your podcast, with your emails. But now have you ever gotten to the point, and especially now that we're talking about emails, where you said, you know what, it's not really working, like, especially in the beginning time, you know, because I know everything takes time to really get that traction going. So have you ever gotten to the point where you're like, you know, this is not really not working? Is it really worth it? Should I really keep going? I mean, how did you did you kind of, you know, push through that? Well, that's going to be released. Um, I think you said in October. So as we're recording this for a few months before that, I could change things in my business in the next few months. 
I have changed things. Um, I don't, if there's something that's just not working, I don't waste time beating my head against the wall if I'm sure that I don't want to be doing it. So um, good example, Facebook Messenger bots. I did a Facebook Messenger bot earlier this year. The strategy we're using wasn't working to my satisfaction, so I killed the bot. And I'm not saying that Facebook Messenger bots don't work because I'm in the process looking at doing something different, tackling it from a different angle. But I'm like, you know what, this is stupid. I'm not going to keep doing it because this strategy isn't working. So I, I've changed things. I, I just released a podcast episode recently talking about you can't be afraid to slay sacred cows. Some people with their business don't want to touch certain things even when they know that they have to change it. So I say everything is on the chopping block. You don't want to have those sacred cows that you never touch because it may not be fitting into your business anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe that, I mean, you have to take aligned actions, like actually really feel good. Because I mean, I've had, you know, started something before, like my first podcast back in what, 2015, I think I interviewed you on that one too. I only lasted six months because at that point, it was simply not in alignment with me. And it was just too much work. I didn't feel like doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I yeah. think like, you know, everything happens, you know, gets you the results if you take consistent action, even if it maybe gets a little tough, maybe tweaking it. But I think if it feels good to you, and you know that, you know, you're going to eventually see the results i believe that you got to keep trying a little longer tweak it a little bit until you really realize you know what this is really not working and that's when i also you know killed my podcast back then because i really realized it was not working <laughs> yeah there's two two questions i ask myself for anything that i do with my business first of all is do i enjoy doing it because if you don't enjoy doing it you're not going to stick with it and, and business should be fun there's enough things out there that you should be able to find a few things that you enjoy doing really well. So the questions I ask myself, do I enjoy doing it? And number two, is it working? So let's say, for example, um, Kay, you said, I really enjoy yelling out my window every noon hour for people to hire me, like hire me, hire me, yelling at people passing by. That that passes the first part of the question that you enjoy it for whatever reason, (laughs) but it doesn't pass the second part where that's actually going to get you business. So that wouldn't be the case. Some people would say, no, that's an extreme example, but some people are like, oh, I really enjoy doing whatever. Maybe there's a social media platform that's just not going to take off, but they're on there and they enjoy it, but it's, they're not getting any business from it. They probably shouldn't be doing it if it's never going to take off uh, with it. So those are two questions I ask myself. Do I enjoy it? Am I having fun? And is it working? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, when it comes to the emails, I mean, it seems like you're enjoying it because you've been doing it for what, two years now. Uh, so how do you really come up with the content? Because I know that's where a lot of people have a hard time with like, how do you come up with all that content, especially daily emails? Oh my God. How do you come up with all that? Well, I batch my stuff, I should mention. So I don't sit down the morning of and whip out the laptop with the blank screen and just start typing away. I think that's putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. I have ideas and I work out, um, well, bear with me here. Let me see. Here's my super high tech content calendar. Oh boy. (laughs) You can use digital. I like having the hard copy right in my desk so I can see the emails coming in. So I'll work ahead. Now um, I'll have them saved as drafts. I might tweak them a little bit before they're released, but that takes a lot of the pressure off me. If I've got a month or two of emails already worked out, I feel much better as opposed to, oh, shoot, an email's going out tomorrow morning at whatever time, and I got to get going on it. And actually, that's the other thing I do, which I should mention. I email the exact same time every day. So I email 7.30 a.m. Eastern time, 
And I recommend picking that same time, whatever time yours is. It may not be 7.30 Eastern, but just so people are used to seeing it. And what happens there is that people get used to it popping into their inbox at that time. I've had just a handful of times in the last two, three years where AWeber has had a tech issue and, my, and the emails didn't go out and they were delayed for an hour or two. I get emails from people saying, Mark, where was your email today? Did you unsubscribe me? You know, they're thinking I kicked them off my list. Or there, one person actually asked me before, is it a social experiment? I'm thinking, no, I don't know if they thought I was doing this as a test or something like that. I said, no, AWeber is just having a tech glitch and they should be out soon. But that shows how important it is to be consistent with the same time every single day as well. But now how do you actually come up with the topics? Because, I mean, if you're writing daily emails, I mean, you can't just talk about the same things like every email. So yeah. how do you really figure out what should I write about today or what should I write about for the entire month? How do you plan that? Well, the more content you create, it's going to get easier because you've got your antenna up looking for ideas. I get mine, I guess you know from being on my email list, I use pop culture, movies, books, uh, blogs, news sites that I read. Um, one day I was stuck for an email and I popped over to CNN and there was a, I think it was CNN or one of them, there was a story about uh, a former NFL player getting bitten by a shark. And I turned that into an email. <laughs> so new sites are a great way as well. Uh, there's different websites. Another one I like going to is called fmylife.com. It's not suitable for work because there's some stories that are a little racy in there, but it's people sharing funny stories. And um, that, if I'm ever stuck, it's kind of off the wall, but there's some ideas in there. Facebook groups. I go through my Facebook group, the coaching jungle wall. I have more than enough content. I could pick something that maybe a question someone asked on the wall or a comment, turn it into my thoughts for an email that way as well. So it does get easier. It's like going to the gym with content creation. It's going to be a little tricky at the beginning to get into the groove, but then it gets easier. Mm. One thing that I actually started doing was like, I have one document with all kind of topics in there. Like what I did before is like, I look on to basically some podcasts, look at, okay, what are they talking about? Like blogs and, you know, even social media, like wherever I can go, I, you know, I type up, you know, I type up some titles, even on YouTube, I've gone through there and look, okay, what are people looking for? Cause I think that's also great yeah. for knowing like, first of all, who is your idea client? What are they looking for? And then really giving it to them in, you know, and you can model other people. I mean, that's one of the things that I did just to get ideas. I have like a document, I think by now it's like 25 pages long already with different topics and you can repurpose the stuff in, like you said, you use it for your email, then your blog and then on social media. So it doesn't have to be, you're not even rewriting it for the different platforms. You're using the exact same yeah. context on all the different platforms, right? Yeah. Well, here's an idea if someone's really stuck is pick a person in your industry, one of the, the top dogs. So take, for example, if you're a sales coach, look at Grant Cardone's stuff and look at his videos, blog posts or whatever, find something you disagree with and put out that competing point of view. Now, I'm not saying you attack the person just being an idiot and saying Grant Cardone's stupid, you know, has a stupid fat head. I hate him or something like that. What you say is um, I had, I watched a video recently where Grant Cardone said that salespeople should blah, blah, blah. I disagree. This is what I think. So when you do that, you're taking um, it, it, you're using same thing could be with Tony Robbins, Marie Forleo, Brendan Bouchard, Les Brown, God knows who uh, you're, you're actually using their standing in the industry 
to help you because you're taking the complete polar opposite with it and you will stand out like a sore thumb. Now it takes a little bit of guts because you could get some blowback from their followers. Me personally, I respect someone if they put out a, a differing opinion than the majority of their industry, as long as they can back it up. So what you don't want to do is I saw somebody recently attacking a big name, but they didn't attack that name on his, um, his business stuff and his ideas and things. They were attacking his looks. They were just basically calling them useless and stuff, but not giving a, if that's not the right way to do it. When I say attack a top dog, you got to be able to back it up. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know if I would do that because that can really give you a big, big blowback. But I think, you know, if you're standing in your, in your own power, I guess, you know, that you can do that. I mean, have you ever done anything like that? Oh God. Well, because I know you take your filters off. I know you're like, you know, (laughs) straight up. Well, I kind of disagree with what you said. Not disagree. I am. my, my, what I would say to you there, if you're not sure about blowback and stuff, that's a good thing to polarize. So you don't, you want to have half the people love you and half the people hate you probably that that's better than having no one know who you are. So a good example is uh, there's a guy who came across who wrote a blog post about Tony Robbins saying Tony Robbins isn't a coach or this is why he's not a coach. And he put a very thoughtful, detailed blog post there. I read his stuff now. I didn't know who he was before that. He came on my radar because he was actually attacking, um, not attacking. He was putting out something which could be controversial about Tony Robbins. But yeah, you have to be able to polarize. And what I say is you, you look at Donald Trump, you never see anyone when you say, what do you think of Donald Trump? Say, uh, not sure yet. I'm kind of feeling it out. I'm waiting to see how he is. It's either I hate his guts. He's a great Satan and he's going to blow up the world or he's going to save America. He can walk on water. He's the best thing since sliced bread. Very rarely, I don't think I've ever come across anyone who doesn't have an opinion on Donald Trump. That's the reason he's president of your country right now is he knows how to polarize. Whether you love him or hate him, that's how he got in there. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you really deal with, you know, the mindset on that one? Like, you know, especially like going back to the emails now, how do you really deal with, you know, if people, you know, if, if, if you get, if you get an email like that one lady, for example, like you really, I didn't like what you wrote, you know, it's very offensive, yada, yada, yada. I mean, how do you really on a mindset level, how do you really deal with that? Because I know me, I focus a lot on mindset when I work with my clients and, you know, mindset is basically anything that can really stop you in your tracks from actually moving forward. Well, the best cure for any hesitation you have is money rolling into your bank account, in my opinion. I know for me. So I'm all about if I can't don't make a profit, I can't stay in business. I can't help anyone. I can't help myself and I can't do this. So when I see more sales coming in, then that's motivating for me. So I've had some blowback for some posts in the coaching jungle from people that they thought um, they, they didn't agree with my post or they thought it was offside for whatever reason. I find the complainers tend to be more vocal publicly. A lot of people are messaging me privately that agreed totally with me and thought they were being too touchy, too sensitive. They just didn't want to get piled on in the comment section. So they didn't want to comment. <laughs> so that's Okay. You don't always see how many people agree with you. You tend to notice the negative people more than the positive and just keep putting your stuff out there unapologetically put out what you're actually, what you actually feel, what you think without any sort of filter. 
and you will get people, I say, stalking you in a good way. Mm -hmm. So they'll be following, like, if I got on your radar in 2015, maybe I wouldn't have heard from you for a year or two, and then all of a sudden, bang, you reach out. So I have people reach out to me, and they're like, yeah, I've been following you, Mark, for the last year, and I'm ready to do something. Mm -hmm. So it, it, but to go back to your question, that that's what helps really develop a thick skin is when you're growing your business, you see that it works. The other suggestion I have is read the book, Thick Face, Black Heart. I talk about it all the time. I should get a commission from the estate of the author because I talk about it so often. <laughs> that book is a must read because it's all about, that's what it's about is developing a thick skin, going after your goals, your mission unapologetically. So we're all humans. We all have feelings and stuff like that. But when somebody from their mom's basement in Boise, Idaho sends a nasty email, you don't know who they are. You can't spend three days in bed crying about it. You got to just keep going. I mean, one thing that I really realized is like, you got to be authentic. And I think like in your messages, you know, just from what I've seen, you are really authentic in whatever you do in when you, when you're on, you know, in an interview on social media, in your emails. And I think that's also what people like is being authentic and keep showing up. And one of the things like, I don't believe that we can serve everyone. We can't make everyone happy because you're always going to have those haters that are going to, you know, talk bad or, you know, disagree with you. But I think like if we just show up and be of service and just bring our best stuff to what we do and be authentic in what we do, I think that goes a long way. And then, you know, like we talked earlier, you know, those that don't like us, they can just unsubscribe, right? Yeah. So James Altucher, the blogger, he has something where he says he doesn't hit publish unless he's a little nervous to do it or afraid to do it. If he's not nervous to hit publish, it means he's playing it too safe. I will say people online, it can drive me nuts at times. They're far too sensitive. They get triggered. A lot of people get triggered over things that they shouldn't be. And ironically, a lot of them are coaches. I see it in this world where they have extremely thin skin and, um, what's the word you could say they're, they're kind of snowflakes <laughs> a lot. And I, and I said this in, in my group, I don't know if you saw it for one of the posts where everyone's, everyone's jumping in and a lot of people were offended and stuff. I said, look, if you guys want a safe zone, go start your own Facebook group where people can't put out any opinions. Nobody will hurt anyone's feelings because you're going to shut down free speech. It'll be a safe zone. It'll be a Facebook group that's as boring as hell, but nobody will get offended. Please leave and go start it. And I think I had about 15 people take me up on the offer, which is fine. No hard feelings. They're just not the right fit for it. I don't want my Facebook group becoming a place where there's no free speech and everyone's looking to be offended. That's not the type of group I want to run. It's not when it comes to my emails either. I would rather... I'd rather get people engaged with me and get a little emotional, get their, their blood boiling a bit than not know who I am or what I'm saying. You know, I actually did a daily insight like a couple of weeks ago or like, you know, as we're doing this, like I think it was like just a couple of days ago, but it was more about, you know, those people that judge, I think they're, it's like you're, you're pushing their butt because they're actually too afraid to be that courageous to go out there. For example, like at that point, I think I was talking about videos or just creating content. If you're afraid of putting out content or if you're sharing your voice, then those that are triggered is usually those that are too afraid to actually step up to the game and actually be that courageous. They're too afraid of actually showing their true face. Or how do you feel about that? Oh, I agree totally. Usually if someone's triggered, it's because you've touched something, a touch on something that they're doing. So I'll give you an example. Just recently, I posted something in my Facebook group. Um, 
I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version. I, I get a lot of messages from people every day. I'm sure you do, and any everyone online gets this. Where people don't say they'll they'll just email them and say or message them. They'll say hi, Kay, or how are you, Kay? How's it going? That's it. Nothing else. And I put up a post saying, "Don't do this. This is not good." And uh, I don't answer those type messages. So my point in the post was, "Don't waste your time or anyone else's time. Have a a reason." for reaching out to people and, and be very open with it. And then they can decide where it's going to go from there. And a few people got offended by that. I don't know that the people that got offended and commented, but my suspicion is the people who got offended by it are the one they're probably doing that to people themselves. They're probably mm-hmm. messaging people with hi, Hey, how's it going? And one person said, well, you're just all about time is money, Mark, or whatever. And I said, yeah, I am. That's what all coaches should be. Time is money. Mm-hmm. When someone messages me with, hi, Mark, or hey, or how's it going, they're not showing respect for my time. I would respect it if they messaged me and said, hi, Mark, I'm doing something and I want to reach out to see if you're interested in taking part. Here are the details or whatever. That's different. These people uh, that were commenting on that post seemed to think that I had my nose in the air, snotty, saying, oh, I'm better than all these people messaging me. My time's more valuable, which isn't what I was saying. My time is valuable, but their time is valuable, too. Everyone's time's valuable if you're in business. But again, I, I suspect that they were triggered because they're the types that are wasting time sending those vague messages out there to other people as well. I, I didn't get offended. I said to uh, said if you guys if my post trigger you, you're free to leave the group. But I didn't kick them out and stuff. I'm like they're entitled to their opinion. I'm not going to waste a lot of time on it, but they're entitled to their opinion. And I think that also is a good example for the emails that you're sending out. Because, I mean, so far, like the emails that I've been getting from you, they were all packed with value. Because, I mean, we, our time, everyone's time is valuable. I mean, for me to open your email and then read like a couple of lines, I'm like, who was that? You know, that, 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 that wasted my time. So I think it's really important that whenever we are creating emails, that it is really valuable really having the other person's time in mind because they are taking time to even like now listening to our interview i think if we don't provide value then we're really wasting people's times and who likes to waste time right so so if we're doing what a bunch of podcasts do and uh, i talk about my backstory for half an hour and i i shoot out general business platitudes and you know we laugh back and forth but there's nothing of value there then we've wasted people's time People don't care my experience, about my experiences in grade one or you know, anything like that. Um, they just they, they want to get that value if, if they're investing half an hour or an hour of their time with it. So I agree totally with you there. Unfortunately, a lot of people aren't thinking about that when they email, when they do podcasts or whatever. That's where people get frustrated. Webinars, uh, I get extremely frustrated when I, I'll check out a webinar and it's all fluff or BS or testimonials. They never get to anything of value. That's like, oh, come on. I, I think people are raising their standards now. That may have worked better five years ago, say with webinars. Now I think people are saying, hey, you want me there for an hour? You better give me something I can latch on to. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's really when I, you know, decided about, you know, starting the show, I'm like, how can I really create this? Because I also hate those, those interviews that, you know, just all about the fluff and stuff. So that's when I decided, you know, I really want to create content, you know, really provide value to the listeners because I want them to walk away with at least a couple of nuggets. And I think today we kind of, you know, did that, you know, talking about the emails, mm-hmm. you know, talking about like, you know, how to really go about that and really to, you know, also like detach from the outcome. I mean, that's one of the things that I think is very important. What you mentioned is really detach from the outcome so now I mean we're already coming to the end I mean if anyone would like you know get a hold of you check you out you know stop you a little bit or learn a little bit more about you where can they do that how can they find you well don't send me a message with hey mark or whatever (laughs) give me a (laughs) little you know what I think I'm gonna do that as soon as we get off I'm gonna send you that message Uh, best spot is naturalborncoaches.com, naturalborncoaches.com. I've mentioned my Facebook group. I'm in there a lot. That You can get there at thecoachingjungle.com. Thecoachingjungle.com will forward to the Facebook group. But you can find me there. I'm in there every day popping in and out as well. And do you have any special offers, any bonuses you would like to share? Well, uh, at naturalborncoaches.com, I have an ebook for coaches, and it's called The Real ABCs of a Successful Coaching Business. That's an example of me just taking the filter off and sharing what I wish I'd known when I started as a coach back in 2014. So that ebook, you can get it from the website. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing that. Also, Mark, you know, thank you so much for, for being here, you know, for sharing all your, your, your wisdom with us. I mean, I think we definitely you know, covered a lot of great content today. So thank you again for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kay. And I want to thank you guys again, you know, for being here. I mean, I really hope, you know, you got a better understanding of, you know, why email is so important. I mean, you know, I like I said, I've been on, you know, Mark's email list for quite a while now, and his emails are really powerful and I can see how it's impacting, you know, his people, his sales, you know, his business. I've also seen it ever since I started emailing my list a lot more often, I've seen a big impact. So, you know, don't be afraid to share your content, email your list, build up the relationship. I mean, that is so important because like I said, you know, like we mentioned earlier, Facebook, LinkedIn, it can go away tomorrow, right? And then what do you do? So, you know, build your list, email your list, build up that relationship, you know, they get to know, like, and trust you. And then it's going to be so much easier for you to actually inspire them to work with you. So I hope this was helpful. If you have any comments, leave them below, you know, like it, share it, you know, and you know, super grateful that you're here and I'll see you in the next episode of the Abundantly Successful Show. And I hope you have an amazingly abundant and successful day. Thank you.